2: definitive atlanta braves podcast with host joe patrick and caleb johnson giving you exclusive insight into our braves from sports radio 92.9 the game here's joe and caleb
3: welcome into to batter up now on the odyssey app as i caleb johnson am with joe patrick well to, done i was that about was- to say <laughs> i had to sprinkle in the new uh the the change in not even a change in ownership but just change and rebranding of our company Odyssey now that uh, you can listen as well as catch us as we are live on on Facebook and then we'll later be wherever you listen to to your your podcast but joe
2: welcome in how's it going man it's good it's been a wild weekend it's uh, the Braves you know it's funny the Braves we've been talking about Braves baseball now for a month or so on this podcast Talking mainly about theoretical situations, you know, roster slots, how you allocate this and that, blah, blah, blah. I am so happy that we actually just finally have baseball, actual baseball games to talk about because we all know that spring training is not actual baseball games.
3: That's fair. However, for you know, I was excited for real baseball until it happened.
2: Touche, <laughs> touche. Well, and I
3: was about to say, and I, could, I can tell the people just as we were speaking off air, that I was rather angry that we were going to have to get on this podcast and talk before the Washington series happened because I was hoping for a game, maybe even two, because I was thinking, hey, maybe we'll get a doubleheader, uh, to be able to try to break down what's happened with this Braves roster recently. However, because of COVID and because it reached the Washington Nationals, that meant that the Nationals didn't play their opening series and had Monday's game canceled, which means we are now joining, talking about the Braves after an 0-3 start against Philadelphia. And we have no positive lights or even more doom
2: to discuss with the nationals and it's, I'm just frustrated, Joe. It is true. And then not only this, but like Atlanta kind of gets screwed. And now you play the opening series and then you have to go against Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg, you know, it's like it doesn't really get much harder or easier in, in this series. Um, it's going to be a wild week of baseball because we've got a double header on Wednesday that will be taking place. That will include a bullpen game. Yeah. <laughs> that the rays are going to throw. Yeah. Um, well,
3: seven inning double yeah, seven as... inning doubleheaders. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so we'll get into all that. We'll get into the ramifications of all that. And then we got, uh, you know, the, obviously the home opener coming back on, on Friday. So it's a big week of baseball. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm just so excited for it to kind of be back um, fully now. And, and um, you know, talking about this series against the Phillies, you know, I really feel like it was pretty unfortunate for the Braves the way that everything transpired. I mean, you look, I think Mark, I think was Mark Bowman tweeted something about um, the Braves had one of the higher uh, average exit be <laughs> during the series uh, that have yeah. been played so far. And yet it only produced what? How many runs they score? Three in the in the series. So, yeah, I was about
3: to say two fortunate, two on opening day and then one
2: on uh, on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, two, two, times. Two, two of the three runs provided by Pablo Sandoval. Who would have seen that coming, right? Everyone, right? Yeah, <laughs> because we just knew he was making this roster in spring, and we <laughs> yeah.
3: knew he was going to be the offense. However, before we get into the offense, I would like to to backpedal, whatever you like to call it, into looking at starting pitching, sure, and expectations of what we thought we were going to see, and then what we actually saw which was a guy i think every braves fan is very high on however someone who maybe didn't have his best stuff was max freed in that opening day game where look he goes five innings gives up six hits uh two earned which doesn't seem that bad and eight strikeouts and you're thinking well that stat line doesn't look too bad but i don't know what you think joe however just from my perspective. Max didn't look comfortable all game and just
2: seemed off. You're right. He didn't look comfortable. Um, And to be fair to him, the conditions were poor. You know, it was like a cold, windy, blustery day. Did not look like you would want to be out there. But hey, you know, everybody's dealing with the same conditions, right? So you got to adapt. And I think, honestly, that's actually what makes me optimistic about this outing from Freed is the fact that the conditions were like that that he didn't wasn't able to produce his best stuff, whether it was due to the conditions or not, but he was still able to manage his way through the game. I think that last year we started to see him excel in that, in that aspect of his game more than what we saw from him in 2019, where it seemed like in 2019, he was either on and he was amazing or he was off and he wasn't really able to kind of get things under control. And I think that You know, he did such a great job last year with all the bullpen and rotation issues, not the bullpen issues, but the rotation issues that the team was having. And then every time his spot came up, he really needed to perform and, and go seven innings to give that bullpen a rest. And he did a really good job. Kind of managing his outings and I thought that what we saw from him what was it on Friday was just a better uh, you know continuation of that of what we saw from last year and so that's good to see and I know that that's something he talked about in spring training was he wants he wants that to be a bigger part of his game he wants to pitch more innings for this team um induce early contact and that kind of thing instead of working all these deep counts and so I thought it was generally positive even though it wasn't his best stuff as you said
3: Yeah well I was about to say you say he didn't affect the bullpen but oftentimes he did because he could usually go if he was having a good game he could go seven and save a couple of innings out of the bullpen which had you know lasting effects further on down the road obviously to start the year didn't have his best how however it wasn't his fault i don't think that the braves lose that game you go the next game which a weird way to start off the season, I think. And and something that got attention, I, I believe, in the moment of like in the weekend, discussing how, how in the world do you have opening day and then a day off just so we can yeah. kind of correct the calendar of the weekend schedule or whatever. I don't like it. I'm sorry. I just don't. It's weird. It throws everything off, it seems. Like, I, I just, I don't know... In a, in a sport that plays so many games, how you
2: are like, yay,
3: baseball's here. Not tomorrow.
2: <laughs> I know. You know yeah. Just, <laughs> it, it's even thrown me off already. I'm, I already misspoke. He threw on Thursday because I had that Friday off. Um, I have so many issues with the schedule makers here. First of all, like, why are we playing in Philadelphia? on the opening weekend of the season. Like you should but, be you should be using these southern teams to play, you know, more home games in those areas of the country earlier in the season. Yeah, well I was going to say the same thing was going on.
3: Look, the Braves have played in Philly before. They've played in Colorado to start out the season before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you saw Detroit is playing they were playing in snow over the yeah. weekend. So it's just just I don't know, a mess of of <laughs> scheduling and, and Typical of major league That's baseball. A,
2: this is like this should be like a you know what grinds my gears segment. We need to we need to start that kind of segment. Yeah. <laughs> well, but uh, yeah, with with
3: Chuckery, it's built in. You know what what's bugging Chuckery? <laughs> we we yeah. got to come up with our own younger, uh, more hip version. But
2: you know the baloney is circles and the in the sandwich and the bread is squares. What's the deal?
3: Okay, okay, Jerry <laughs> Seinfeld. Uh, so Max on Thursday didn't have his best stuff. I don't. I'm not putting that loss on him. Charlie Morton comes out two days later. And for, from everything that I saw from him, had a good start. He's another one. Five innings, six hits, identical to Freed. However, just looked better while doing it. Gives up three earned runs. However, all of those came in his last inning, fifth, and five strikeouts. So yeah.
2: go ahead. Well, I I, I saw people complaining about this start from Charlie Morton, and I thought he was really good. You know, like, um, I don't know what, maybe it's like people who are following box scores because it's harder to watch because they don't, you know, obviously all the streaming issues, um, which I should we should maybe mention, by the way, how how we're watching these games.
3: Yeah, I was about to say we were lucky that opening day and Sunday's game were nationally televised, or I believe opening day was on the Bally network but yeah. also on espn plus and then sunday was on what was that fs1 yeah that's right on I top think so. of being yeah on top F- of being on on Bally, or no, no 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 not fs1 i think
2: it was on big fox i can yeah, think I, it may have been on big fox but um the way i was watching by the way for anybody who's listening to this and is trying to figure it out so i still have not bought cable although i'm still <laughs> thinking that that i might have to succumb to it eventually but I have a, a VPN. If you're just Google a VPN, if you're not familiar with what that is, uh, it's basically a way to like tell the internet that you're somewhere other than where you actually are. <laughs> and so basically I used a VPN and MLB.TV um, and was able to watch the games. So Well, um,
3: I was, cause I was about to say, I looked into, and I feel like I do this almost every year where I think about, oh, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna spend the big boy bucks this year and buy MLB TV so I don't have to worry about what channel or where I'm at. I can watch the Braves. However, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, (laughs) blackouts, forget about blackouts. And if you purchase it in your own home market, you won't be able to watch the games. So if you would like to legally watch, how I've been doing, and you know, I'm I'm not I'm not saying that I'm better than you, Joe. <laughs> Just doing it more legally is uh, um, is mooching off my parents. Hey, and using, yeah, yeah, that's using, always a good option. Exactly, and using their AT and TV login so that I can watch it on the Valley <laughs> Sports uh, Network app. Now I guess it's not Fox Sports Go, even though it still shows up the Fox Sports Go icon. Uh, they much like us have rebranded and are new we are odyssey now they are bally sports which i don't know we, we've got the time i can say that i did some research or a friend of mine did some research and then relayed that information to me that bally sports actually was created by ted turner like years ago back in the early days of cnn as a sports network it was bought out by fox who then were bought out by sinclair and huh. they decided to do a rebrand. They've been working on this rebrand for a while to go back to the original name of the network, which was Bally
2: Sports or hmm. Bally network. But uh, I will I will say, um, I the kind of one of the reasons I'm hanging on and not you know biting the bullet yet on cable is because I just hear rumor like you know, I'm kind of connected with Atlanta United as well uh, into these communication staffs. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not gonna name names, but you know, I have talked to people who are like We were hoping it would have happened by now, you know, like we were hoping so like it seems like within some of these organizations, there is hope that there will be some sort of agreement to resume the streaming of Valley Sports on these various, you know, YouTube TV or Hulu or wherever you get it. But uh, so that's one of the reasons I'm kind of hanging on still. Um, And I would say if you do want to are interested in going the VPN route, you probably could figure it. If you have like an Apple TV or something to actually watch it on your television, I'm very used to watching Braves games on my iPad, um, while you know, and just watching them that way. And so it's much easier to configure that way. If you're, if you're dead set on like watching them on your living room TV, might be harder if you want to try to use the VPN. You might just have to, have to bite the bullet or mooch off your parents.
3: Yeah. Well, I was, I was about to say, um, or you could just, Buy cable, unfortunately. Oh, and go go that direction. The the one positive that I hate letting the
2: man win. I hate letting the
3: man win. The one positive though that I will say, Joe, they have going for them is the fact that when I do stream games, I know I'm behind. Like I know, and and the reason why I know this is because of how live tweeting sports goes these Mm -hmm. days where as soon as it happens you go to your phone or your laptop or whatever device you're using and immediately put out a thought on whatever play you just witnessed and i can't stand when i go to twitter and some you know some games i want to live tweet and i see up i know what play is coming just because of how people have talked about it so that that is the one thing that that they do have going for them still being on cable.
2: And if you know, if if you are streaming, um, you will oftentimes get alerts on your phone, especially of homers that happen like before you see it happen. Yes. And I've actually been so fascinated by how good at the MLB app is at getting these push notifications out. I I remember in 2019. I was like paying attention to there was a home run and they had sent the push notification out before I forget who had hit it before the runner had reached second base. The the push notification was already out in real time. So it's gotta be some sort of machine that does it, you know, it's like automated, but um, pretty, pretty fascinating. Anyway, we are way off topic now, but hopefully (laughs) some of that was helpful to some of you about how to watch these games. The reason I brought it up is it just seemed like some of the conversation that was happening on Twitter was like, was like the, was like the people weren't watching the games <laughs> because um because then, again, to bring it back to Charlie Morton, I thought he was, I thought he was good until, yeah. you know, things kind of fell apart um, in that last inning. But I thought for the most part, you have to love, liked what you saw from him.
3: Well, that's, that's what I was going to say is I, I feel like if you looked at Max Freed's numbers, looked at Charlie Morton's numbers, you'd be like, well, Max Freed had the better day, but if you were watching it, you could see yes. that really wasn't true that Charlie Morton, really had his stuff and it just kind of fell apart in the fifth. You know, I, I, I don't necessarily know what specific thing it was that got to him, but it happened. However, they stayed in the game. They both game one and two and game three, the, the Braves were still in this thing and sputtered and it didn't work out. And then you go on to Sunday, Ian Anderson, Mm -hmm who is a guy I've been very high on scared me a little bit because he didn't have the greatest spring looked great on Sunday and kept the Braves competitive in a, in a one, one run game when, when he was in there.
2: Yeah. I think that honestly, his start may be more optimistic than any of the three partially, partially because he is, you know, the younger of the guys. So you, you, um, maybe fear of the worst for somebody somebody like him starting the season but also you know after the game he was talking about how he said he didn't have a great feel for his fastball but the curveball was working so he just started throwing the curveball you know and i think that that's a really good and it was and it was working it was effective yeah. and i think that that's a really really good sign from a young pitcher to kind of be able to feel what is working and what isn't early in a game and be able to really adapt his game plan and his approach out there in a way that worked you know he gave the Braves a huge chance to win that game unfortunately the Braves offense ha- just didn't get going although you know we can we can dive a little bit more into that too uh, but I thought it was a really good sign so now it's up to Drew Smiley I guess to try to continue this but I thought just generally speaking looking over the weekend I thought it was a good performance from the entire pitching staff I even thought the bullpens were pretty good there were a couple guys who stood out you know Sean Newcomb had a had a what I like to call a very Sean Newcomb type of uh, outing when he gave up the, the double uh, to the pitcher um, and walked a guy, you know, that kind of thing. But overall, I just thought it was, you know, a, a good, good start for this Braves pitching staff.
3: Yeah. So that's the, the quote unquote good of a Braves pitching staff who through three games seemed to kind of hold it together, kept, kept the team competitive. However, Offense not doing so good, Joe, um,
2: <laughs> to say the least. No. I, it, it was, t- you know, that it, it, it's, again, all the caveats right now. Small sample size. I'm trying to think, like, three games of a 162-game season is, like, 1.5% or something. You know, it's just, like, just such a small amount. And we know that these guys are going to eventually hit. So I'm not really that worried long-term. But I do just – I think that – um, you know, on Thursday, it, the wind was blowing in like crazy. There were some balls that were hit, were you know, like
3: uh, dying, I felt like
2: an idiot. Where it's like, as soon as you hit it, you know, it's like manub like, oh, it's gone. Nope, it's just a fly ball. Um, yeah, I thought they were hit, they were hit really hard, and I think the exit velocity showed it as well. The Braves had one of the higher exit velocities, uh, of, of teams in the majors, but yeah, those balls got knocked down on Thursday, and then yeah. Balls found gloves and things like that, but it is it, a little worrisome in that it does kind of continue what we saw from this team in spring where, you know, the bats just were not really going in spring, especially from some of the star players, Freddie Freeman, uh, Ronald Acuna, those guys, you know, they hit the ball hard at times. But, you know, again, you just want to start to see the runs across the board. I think that would give us all, you know, that would be like the warm blanket that we need right now.
3: Yeah, I, I think it's twofold. It's you want to see just runs in general, and then you want to see runs coming from people who you can depend on. And I'm sorry, Pablo Sandoval is not a guy <laughs> who you're really gonna want to depend on through a hundred and sixty-two game season. It's just not not going to happen. What you you are gonna want to depend on is a guy like Freddie Freeman, who to this day is still hitless. That's problematic. Ozzie Albies still hitting it hitless. That's problematic. I, I, I can't even call it crunching. But I looked up the numbers from this weekend. You're talking eighty four at bats, ten hits. Ten hits. That's it. You've got one RBI that came from Travis Darno because he hit a home <laughs> run, and twenty nine strikeouts. Yikes. Yeah. Over three games that is less than ideal. It gives a lot of cause for concern. And I, I get that. And I, and I know this is what most people are going to do is to your point, Joe, to say, this is three games of a very long season, less than 1%. Let's not overreact. However, for the rest of us who are slightly overreacting, (laughs) i'm trying to i'm trying to put it into words i'm seeing the same thing that i was seeing last year i tweeted this out and it's one of those i look at my twitter because i i don't have very many followers and i'm fine with that so i typically use twitter as like a personal journal of like hey thought pops in thought pops in head tweet it out send and the thought that i had in my head was okay pitching wasn't the problem in 2020. You didn't lose you didn't lose the NLCS because of pitching. Now sure you had pitching issues in the playoffs, but that did not keep you from going on to the World Series and potentially winning a World Those Series. Those guys actually it, stepped up in the playoffs, yeah. Exactly. Through through all of the injuries and issues and bullpens, you know, kind of falling apart at times and whatever, they much like this series, kept it competitive, kept you in games, and the offense went sputtering, went ice cold as they've started out 2020. And it's one of those the the one who I'm looking at being like, this was a, a preseason prediction I was terrified of is Freddie Freeman. Look, he's a guy who he won the MVP and you wondered okay how do you respond to winning an mvp well you respond starting out the year by not being able to get a hit much like you looked in the uh in, in during spring and concerned is like the lowest level i think that you can put it at right now but mm-hmm. internally terrified
2: i'm also uh <laughs> yeah i'm also um I don't know what the word is to describe it, but when it with regards to Freddie Freeman, I don't think we can have this discussion while separating it from his contract issues or his, you know his contract extension. Like that is a real thing that is on the table, and I just hate the fact that you 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 like to think that it's not playing with him, but sometimes even the, a top professional can have you know, it's only natural. It's only human for something like that. That's undecided um, to impact you uh, to just be a stressor. Maybe, you know, it could impact you in any kind of way um, that isn't necessarily, it's not like he's like up at the plate thinking about his contract. I'm not saying that that's the case, but it's just one of those things that doesn't let you perform at your best. Sometimes if it is kind of stressing you out um, or it's just something that's giving you some uncertainty. So that's, it's going to be interesting to kind of follow and keep tabs on this. And I can guarantee you the issue that's going on. uh, Well, I guess I I shouldn't say guarantee, but what I think is the issue is that, you know, Freddie Freeman and his agent, I'm sure, are coming to the table saying that he's an MVP player. He won the MVP. He deserves MVP money. And I'm sure the Braves are saying, you know, let's we got to separate the MVP from the discussion and look at, you know, projecting what he will do in these kind of later years of his career um, and it's just not a comfortable kind of uh, negotiation to have if you're the Braves, especially considering the fact that they know that they have to get this done. Like, like they know that not securing a deal for Freddie Freeman is just like the biggest own goal you could commit. If you're the, like you just can't let it happen. And so they just, because of that, they have no leverage in this, in this situation. So it's going to be interesting to see how it ends up shaking out again. Alex has said that no one will know when it's getting done until you, we get the email in our inbox that it's done. Um, but that doesn't give me any sort of comfort. Well, I, I, to your point,
3: it's an issue that I was dead set against this being a thing. You and I had talked about it before you and I and Andy Bunker talked about it on the Sunday show that we did a while back.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think Andy and I were in the same boat kind of against you in a sense that, look, this is absolutely not a deal. This is not an issue. Freddie doesn't let stuff like this affect him. He's n- he's just never in his career off the, f- off the field acted like this would be an issue. And, and it's not that it's so difficult to discuss at times yeah. because it, it's one of those he doesn't play for free like no one works when you go to work you don't work for free like you work to earn a living and so he should be able to feel some type of way about wanting to get a contract done it's just typically not in his character like he is the type of guy and if he was the type of guy who constantly brought up his contract and was like, yeah, we really need to get this done, then I think it would be a bigger issue. Right. But now, but now you're getting to a point where I'm waiting for a beat reporter to ask about it in a postgame press conference. Because I think what we got from Anthony Rizzo was I told my agent, don't talk to me about that stuff anymore the rest of the season. We didn't hear that from Freddie Freeman, and so now you're like, okay, is he still fielding phone calls? Or what in his personal life, you know, could kind of be affecting these sorts of things? You you go on to
2: wonder. Um, I think Jeff Schultz asked him about it in. I want to say it was in the pre in the uh, pregame media availability before the first game of the season Uh, that could be wrong, but it was sometime either at the end of spring training or around the first game of the season. And it was like a Kurt, not talking about it. It was like a very, like you don't hear Freddie Freeman be that kind of um, short in his answer with some people, but it was almost like, it was to me, it was like, Oh, okay.
3: (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like, see, to me though, that's not surprising because I would expect that out of Freddie Freeman as, as a guy who has, I mean, he's almost one of those types that you think would play the game for free, because I, I, that happens a lot in sports where we're like, well, he really is playing it for the love of the game. And it's like he sure, loves us so
2: much. He would just do it. Yeah. Out of the goodness yeah, of his heart.
3: Exactly. And it's like, well, that's nice to think and to say it's not true, but there is a level of just not being concerned of it because he's comfortable in his status. However, then you start to wonder, okay, you're not hitting well. Do those questions start coming up of reaching out to your agent being like, "Hey, is it done yet? Is it done yet? Are the, are they questioning me because I'm starting off the first three games hitless?" Like mm-hmm. there's just all of that that psyche that
2: goes into this that I don't know and, makes you concerned. And while this negotiation is taking place, we've seen huge deals come down for both Fernando Tatis Jr. and Francisco Landor. Now, granted, those guys are kind of at different stages of their career. So those deals are going to be structured differently in terms of them getting 10 plus years on their contracts and things like that. Uh, But when you look at the average annual value, you know, like that, uh, that can only help a guy like Freddie Freeman in terms of, you know, just getting more value, like the market value for him right now is quite high probably higher than the Braves would have expected it to be and I think that just based on the the fact that this has been so drawn out I think we can expect a pretty large deal for Freddie Freeman I know that you know obviously Alex Anthopolis kind of pulled a rabbit out of the hat with the deals that he signed uh Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzy Albies too um, but that's not I think it's safe to say that that is definitely not going to happen in this case just based on the fact that this is taking so long and it seems to be like a pretty, pretty tough negotiation happening.
3: Yeah, I absolutely agree. While we are discussing the negatives that have happened this weekend, we also have to get into a bit of an injury bug that has me concerned, but apparently is not that big of an issue, which is Chris Martin, who came out of the Sunday. was that Sunday's game. Uh, I can't um, remember,
2: whatever. Which, which I'm which trying to remember
3: Saturday or Sunday. I want to say it was Sunday uh, with numbness in his fingers. Which, for a guy, not great, who, <laughs> yeah, for a guy who's had issues in the past who left the postseason because of injuries that were very fluke and didn't make a whole lot of sense.
2: And, and for a guy who's yeah yeah, I was, yeah I, I was about you to say. were and I think you called this out saying that you know like a like a, a strong gust of wind could could affect Chris
3: Martin. <laughs> I did, and watching, I it was Sunday because I I was at a different place Sunday than I was Saturday watching the game. Uh, that I remember sitting and being like. Why? Why do I have to run my mouth? Why? Why do I have to say anything? (laughs) But I think it was because it's in the back of my mind. I'm going. It's a possibility because I don't know. One of those random things that I look at and and pick up on from time to time is Chris Martin when he takes his hat off. Yeah, he's a guy who uh, it's gotten a little more silver. He's great. (laughs) Yeah, silver fox. Yeah, And, and I think when he came to Atlanta, what two years ago. There was, it was a little, you know, it was a little speckled in there, a little dusty. And now we're like full gray. And so you're (laughs) starting to think, okay, guy getting up there in age. And now we're dealing with injury issues that to this, to the point of this podcast uh, has Chris Martin will not play tomorrow or today, I should say, but is not going on the injured list per report from Mark Bowman, MLB.com. Whether that will happen later or whether we'll see Chris Martin pitch and then have an issue where he immediately walks to the dugout, we don't know. But again, a place where concern is like the lowest level that I'm feeling right now because I'm freaking out because... Chris Martin is going to be a pig, a big part, or was expected to be a big part of this bullpen.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he was kind of your number one right-handed setup man. Um, maybe even your, your your just your top right-handed relief pitcher. I think that some people were even projecting him to kind of battle Will Smith a little bit in some save situations, especially especially early in the season when you don't want to overtax arms. Um, so it is. It's it's it would be a huge loss if he is out for any significant period of time. Um, the issue with these, the, the tingling is that that typically means the tingling in the fingers, I mean, which is what apparently is he felt is that that means that you've got a nerve that is affected um, somewhere down in that elbow area, probably, it could have to do with inflammation, it could have to do with, uh, you know, a tear that's irritating it or something, Um You know, every pitcher is going to have issues with their shoulder and elbow. You know, it's just the nature of the sport. But at his age, I kind of I'm like you in that I'm kind of like suspecting the worst here. Like it's hard to imagine. um, It's hard for me to imagine right now that this is just going to blow over and not be a big deal. Like he can just sit out for a few games, then he'll be back at it and be able to pitch the rest of the season. Totally fine. Like, I just don't I see that as being a very far, far fetched scenario.
3: Yeah, I think that's why I'm confused at the, the at least the report right now that he's not yeah. hitting the injured list at least for t- ten days. You know, I, I would think just so we can clear everything up, that leads you to think there's optimism. But at the same time, I am always one who is not the most trust trusting of team doctors because there are incentives for guys to play. And so I just I, I really wonder what's going on and, and whether we're going to get any clearer explanation of what's going on with Chris Martin. Now on to what I would say is some good news. We have a trade today. <laughs> the, the Braves have traded with the Milwaukee Brewers for an infielder named Orlando Arcia, I believe. Is that to your to your credit Joe is that how you think it's pronounced? Oh,
2: yeah, that, that, that works for me. Arcia, okay. I don't know. There you, is you an just, extra. To...
3: I'm seeing an extra eye. I, I think I blew past the first eye. Arcia. Arcia or something, I don't know. Sure, okay. <laughs> Infielder for the Milwaukee Brewers. Once we get the correct pronunciation, I will make sure uh, to to fix that next week. Uh, but he's been traded. We now know who the arms are that are going, because I don't know, I just assumed it was pitching that was going back to the Brewers, and Chad Sabaka and Patrick Weigel. I think it's pretty clear to me, Joe, who they were looking for in this
2: deal, and his name's not Chad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's actually shocking that Chad s- survived this long uh, in, in the brave system. Wasn't he the one who like broke somebody's foot or something in 2019? They, they were like playing catch. That was like a, the Cole Hamels. I forget what it was anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm looking, I'm trying to find do, 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 the pronunciation. Arcia, Arcea. It's R. R is the, the heart the pronunciation like okay. RCA.
3: So Orlando Arcia. Arcia, Arcia, who is a 260 hitter, at least he was in 2020. He had five home runs and uh was 0.7 wins above replacement. Uh he's been in major league baseball since 2016. It seems like been a pretty decent shortstop, been a guy who was apparently competing for starting for Milwaukee. And ended up not, so they ended up deciding to to move on because he, they're looking for arms.
2: But he has played a lot in recent years. He played fifty nine games last year, basically the whole season sure. last year for the Birds, and then one hundred fifty two games in uh, twenty nineteen. So he he is a guy that's has been playing a lot, uh, and he's yeah he's a defensive glove. I'm interested in one respect uh, of this move, which is that I thought we already kind of had um, yeah RAL, uh Adrianza as kind of that kind of profile of player that you have on the bench as the kind of utility glove guy. Um, So that is interesting to me, but I do understand, you know, I've heard a lot of people questioning, like, what would the Braves do if Freddie Freeman was out with an injury? Like who would play first base, Uh, you know, all these different situations. And I think that the Braves do have a guy in Austin Riley who could be that guy. I know he got a start, I think just maybe just one, game at first base uh but i think brian snicker is comfortable playing him there if needed he's obviously played out in right field and left field at times so i think that you know you you can use a defensive glove if you have an, an injury situation you need to plug a hole you can kind of use austin riley to plug that hole and then insert a defensive glove at third base although i don't know how many games uh arcia has as a third baseman um
3: so well, I don't know. It's, it's,
2: it's interesting that they kind of is a, of a similar profile to Adrianza. I was about to say, based
3: on the profile that I was was looking at earlier today, when this deal went down, I was seeing a guy who can pretty much play anywhere on the diamond. Like he, you know, he can, he can, he's very versatile as we kind of took Johan Camargo to be, even though that didn't work out. I, I have so many questions about this deal just based around the fact of, you're right, Joe, it seems like this wasn't a need for the Braves. Like this is kind of a piece that they already have, which then gets my brain churning and goes, okay, is another deal in place somewhere? And the Braves are about to, I mean, there's there's two names that stick out to me as I go, is there a deal that includes Dansby Swanson or Austin Riley? And that's why this move is happening, because otherwise I'm very confused, because I thought you could get a similar profile out of Adrianza. Or if you were looking for true versatility, just go back to Camargo, even though he's not giving you the offense, because it's not like it's not like Arcia is giving you pop which mm-hmm. is what your bench is missing. So that's why I'm, I'm going. Yeah, I know. Right. What, we, what am need, I missing here? They,
2: they need to extend that bench, but they need a bat. Really? You know, like that, that's kind of what they need right now. I'm looking at his splits. It looks like he is just like a straight up backup shortstop. He's played 510 games at shortstop, one in center field, two in, at third base. Adrianza, I think, is much more of a utility guy. He's played much more spread out across the, across the diamond. I think the only places he, Adrianza hasn't played is center field, and catcher i want to say i think he's even pitched so he can be like a charlie culverson type of guy um yeah interesting move of course he's not even they, they put him straight away in the alternate site right yeah so he's not even he's, so he's not even in the picture right now although again i don't understand why you would add him if he's not in the picture with the major well, league team
3: i think as we were kind of discussing before we jumped on here i would have to assume this is some sort of numbers game that we're playing here mm where since he's not going to be available because of major league baseball protocols, a guy joining a new team, he's got to go through testing. He's got to go through so many days away from the team, which in retrospect really doesn't make sense because if every team is doing the same type of testing, same type of protocols, you're and no one is in a bubble, it really doesn't make sense that you can't go from one team to another and be able to play right away. If you're getting negative tests, however, because of what's happened in this opening series of baseball with the nationals who right out the gate have COVID cases that keep them from playing. I guess I understand that major league baseball wants to be overly careful and have a guy sit out for an undisclosed number of, of days And then join the team, which is why I assume this alternate site deal is going on. Otherwise, I'm even more confused. Yeah, because I mean, you're you're giving up Patrick Weigel. That's your that's the best prospect.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wish I more. I wish I had more to add on this. Honestly, I'm I'm more just intrigued to see how it plays out and when they what they end up doing with them.
3: Yeah, I'm much like you. I don't know that we're going to get those answers really anytime soon, though. Probably not, yeah. Yeah, it just, it seems like this is because I I just, I think back to, oh, when they go to ask Snit about this, what is he going to say? (laughs) Good looking shortstop. (laughs) Good numbers, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Great additions. Uh, (laughs) And so I think we'll, we'll have to hear from Alex Anthopoulos to really see what it was the thinking behind this kind of deal because you are giving up on a young pitching prospect but as we kind of talked our heads off it seemed like um, going back to last year's you've got enough pitching prospect that you've got so much surplus this is the kind of stuff you can do Mm -hmm. is make deals with your surplus.
2: Yep, that's right. And I got to say, uh, shout out to our former co-host, Will Pelagic. I know he'll be crushed by uh, Patrick Weigel being being moved. That was his boy. Very
3: true. Also, because I know he will listen back to this, happy <laughs> birthday, Will. It's it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Will. I didn't know that. I know. We you know just got to stay on top of those things, Joe. I know. I'm terrible at that. All right, everybody. Have well, anything else today? I, I, that's what I was thinking. I, I feel like we've kind of run through everything. Once again, we haven't been able to to see um, some more baseball. The You know, the Braves play the Nationals, so hopefully we get some better results once that follows, um, which that game is – first pitch is, what, about 10 minutes from now?
2: Yeah, and tomorrow should be wild. Tomorrow we've got a bullpen game along with Max Freed going, so hopefully Freed can go deep into his game. That's Those, of course, will be seven-inning games with the new doubleheader rule, which was implemented yeah. last year or so. Uh, hopefully Freed doesn't <laughs> doesn't go out of that game early. I was about to say well and and I don't know if it's been
3: official yet but it uh, all signs point toward Wascar Noah starting the mm-hmm. the bullpen game. So it'd be mm-hmm. interesting to see if we get multiple innings out of him or if he's just a true opener who who goes one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brian Snicker uh did mention he he's I think he said when the it was first kind of revealed that they were going to do this that he he uh, pinpointed you know as the guy who would start the game and and they did stretch him out you know he was he was stretched out like a starter in spring so I think he'll probably go two or three uh, just depends on probably on how he's pitching honestly which has been up and down <laughs> he's kind of been a roller coaster with Oscar you know so we'll see how it goes but it should be it's a big week obviously that and then the, the home opener on Friday against the Phillies really looking forward to seeing Braves fans being able to be back in that stadium and in, in, in Truist Park for the first time since it's been rebranded so many rebrands going on nowadays
3: yeah you're right about that i (laughs) I hadn't considered that no fans until um until this friday getting to to open truest park against zach wheeler again rough, (laughs) rough charlie charlie morton and zach wheeler for that one at least that's how it's scheduled out right now will be interesting i'm hoping joe that by the time we are back here next week we have some positive, some truly positive things to break down with the Braves. Otherwise, my full Eeyore is going to come out. <laughs> God, God help us. <laughs> yeah. So, everyone listening, that's what you have to look forward to next week. Thank you for listening into this episode of Batter Up. Like I said, hopefully, next week we've got some positive Braves things to discuss. But until then, catch us on the Odyssey app. And everywhere you listen to podcasts,
2: appreciate it. He's a company man.
1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy
0: in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?